0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Chack Insider Podcast. Today we have Troy and Karen Knight. Troy and Karen have been around Community Heights for a little while, and in this episode they are so honest about their lives and some of the things that they've experienced. I know that you're going to enjoy this, and you're going to get to know them a lot better than you ever thought you would. Troy and Karen, thanks for being on the Check Insider Podcast.
1: You're welcome. Thanks Looking for having to. us.
0: Now, you can make sure you use your podcast voice now. I don't have a You don't have a podcast? No. <laughs> so, so this is my regular voice. I right. just talk like this. But my podcast voice, I project a little bit louder. Isn't that better? Sounds great. There you go. You're there. awesome.
1: That's <laughs> really weird. I don't think I can do that. You <laughs> I'll try.
0: So you guys, tell me how long you've been a part of Community Heights, and either one of you can go.
1: We were just talking about this this morning because we knew we were coming here this afternoon, but um, we said that we have been coming here ever since they had their first service in this new building. Oh, right. And before that, we had visited at the old building for a while, and it was when we just moved back here from Rockford, Illinois. We went to the old building for a couple of months, and then we went to Liberty E-Free in Pella. And... We were trying to remember why we came back again, but we think it was because our pastor there was leaving, and so we were just kind of looking around a little bit.
2: Well, I think really really one of the main reasons is we lived in Monroe when we were attending Liberty, and then we moved out. We built our new home out on the farm. that's
1: right. We we were in our new home. So then
2: it was an extra... 15 minutes to get to church right to go south and so we said and we were our pastor was leaving which we loved him and um we loved the church down there great people and and so on but anyway so we just decided one sunday well let's just visit up here and it happened to be this first sunday of the new building
1: we didn't realize that when we visited yeah, but so.
2: which was the which was the end of march
0: of 2003 Ah. So we're wow. coming up on the 15-year anniversary yeah. mm-hmm. of being in the new building. Hard to believe. So tell us about your family. Uh, Karen, you tell us about your family, kids.
1: Okay. We have three children. Amanda is 23, and she is married to Dustin Taylor, and they both attend church here with us. And then we have Amber, and she is married to Aaron Van Wyk, and they attend church in Sully, where they live. And Trey is 16, and he lives with us at home.
0: 23 to 16. Yep.
1: Well,
0: it's a good thing you got at least one kid at home to take care of you guys in your old age. <laughs> yeah, he right. does, too. <laughs> so so what types of ministries have you been involved in here at Community Heights?
2: Here at the church, um, the music ministry to a certain extent. I've been part of the worship teams in the past and then sang solos For various occasions. And then uh, other than that, served on mission trips. That's where I met you. Yeah. On a mission trip. That's right.
0: Yeah. How about you,
1: Karen? Well, we've been a part of small groups. Right. Several of those. Uh, I've taught Sunday school, and I have been a part of the Women's Blessings Banquet. Mm -hmm. And just any outreach project that the church offers, we try to get involved in that and be a part of it. You know, locally, mm-hmm. I would say the first mission project was when Troy and Trey went to St. Louis.
0: Yeah, I met you and Trey in St. Louis. Right. Had no idea we would end up in the same church. No, I know it. At the time, I mean, I was more concerned about out there power washing that, that parking lot, <laughs> yeah. really, and you getting those, uh, like, I don't, I don't think I can say that word on the podcast, but getting those things ripped apart in that room so that you could put up nice shower stalls. Right. Right. Yeah. Which you guys did an awesome job. So tell me what types of ministries are you involved in outside of community heights?
2: Ministry wise, probably not that much, other than you know, the small group's probably the biggest thing. And then you know, we've we've been business owners, so we've invited employees to different functions at church and tried to be, you know, an example and a witness when we used to own the pizza ranch here in town, and we owned a pizza ranch in Indianola, those were those were mission fields among themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had uh, we had plenty of opportunity to uh, share and be a part of employees' lives that needed Christ in their lives, and and uh, I don't know that we had any huge success stories. I know that we planted lots of seeds. We had some that did occasionally. Attend church through that. Some
1: that accepted Christ, but then we kind of lost contact. Yeah, with them after that. Yeah, we've also been involved in the pregnancy care center. Oh yeah. Um, Trey is kind of the one that has brought us toward that because he has a mm-hmm. real passion for saving the unborn child. So nice. He likes to be involved in the the walks that they do annually. So we help him get his pledges, and then we've started being a part of the banquets that they do each year to help with that.
2: The first first year, especially, they came to us. um, A friend of ours is on the board there and came to us and said they were wanting to do this banquet, and they didn't want to have to take any money out of the funds to do that. So we we supported that, and then we've continued ever since to be a big part of that banquet there. So
0: So as a pastor, one of the things that are Mm -hmm. important to me is to remind people that We're serving outside of the four walls of the church, you know, where we spend most of our time. So we needed a place to have a a retreat for our pastors and to spend some time together. And you guys had a space for that, and you offered and volunteered. And then when we got there, you had a family situation, kind of an emergency, and couldn't be there and be with us. But you ended up uh, making sure that we had lunch, which, by the (laughs) way, was really – Probably a lot better than if either one of you were there giving us lunch <laughs> actually. So and again, I met you in St. Louis, not at Community Heights, and uh I, I needed a I needed to get all my stuff from Orange City down to here and you had a trailer sitting around somewhere that you offered up and when you start adding those kinds of things up, you know, we use the resources that God gives to us. Right. I think that they're that they're numerous. And so I never look at just what happens in the building. There's got to be stuff happening outside of the building.
2: So how long have you guys been married? Well, this September will be our 28th anniversary.
0: 28 years. Now, in the 28 years, what has been your most difficult year and why?
2: Well, Yeah, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. Um, About, was it two years ago?
1: Actually, just last year.
2: Yeah, Christmas last year, we took a family vacation down to Florida. And I don't know what it was about that trip, but um, we just got off sync. And we had a really tough time.
1: Hmm. To preface that, we had been through a very exciting and stressful year in that both of our daughters got married.
2: Mm-hmm. and great guys just tickled to death with uh, the men they've chosen. But, yeah, we just, uh, in fact, uh, one daughter and her husband were with us on that trip, and, and and we had a really tough time. We came home. We basically drove home from Florida without speaking. And uh, we got home, and, and I sought a little bit of counsel. Then we finally came together and sat down and just kind of hammered things out. We, we even had the, the D word talked about a little bit during that time. And we finally said, you know, this is silly, and we love each other. We've been together 27 years. and
1: It was also kind of a big wake-up call to to think about, you know, he came to the table with a lot of things that he was very frustrated and upset about. And I was kind of blown away by those things, and yet I had been having my own secret stash mm, yeah. <laughs> of things that were, always there, but I just kept pushing down, pushing down, you know? So I feel like we just kind of brought everything to the surface a little bit, kind of recommitted ourselves to each other. And
2: mm. I always felt like we had great communication within our marriage and we had a happy marriage and, and it was great, but that was kind of a point when we both realized that there are deeper things that we hadn't been talking about. And uh, we had been both stuffing some things, and it kind of mm-hmm. came out. And it was probably the best thing that ever happened for us. I mean, we...
1: The hardest and the yeah, best. it was very it difficult. Was, it was a very painful couple of months Yeah, to I work always through.
2: I sympathize with anybody that has struggles in their marriage because it just stinks being at home with somebody that you're at odds with. And so very thankful that God brought us through that. It's kind of renewed a passion for us for marriage. We, we have, uh, you talk about ministries, it's not really our ministry, but we've been involved with, um, for many years, with Family Life Ministries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've supported a couple that is a part of that organization. And uh, four years ago, we went on the first uh, Love Like You Mean It cruise with Family Life Ministries and and just had an incredible time. And then we went again the following year, and then we didn't go last year, and then last year is when we had our trouble. So maybe we're destined to stay on that marriage cruise every year just to keep our marriage in check.
1: I'm all for that.
2: (laughs) So you went on the first cruise, and Mm -hmm. it was awesome, and Uh it was
0: all about marriage. More than most people will do, right? Spending a few days just focused on marriage. You went on the second one, but then when you got to the third year, what good came out of the first and the second one? If you crash the third year,
1: I think the good was what carried us through it.
0: Okay, right. I mean,
1: it really was the teaching that we know in our heart to be true. And it's one thing we said about the cruises, you know, we've been to the weekends to remember and even like the I Still Do conference and, and things like that. And you get a lot of sound biblical teaching on marriage and we just forget, you know, we're human. And we know it, and we think we know it, so we think we don't need to be reminded of it. But we do.
2: <laughs> and, you know, that time away for just the two of you is so important. And we've always dated, you know, through our married life. I mean, we've always had times where we've gone away, the two of us, or we just go out for the evening, just the two of us for dinner. And the, the cruise is a, is a big extension of that. But... Even through all of that, there's still things that come up, and you, the busyness of life, and, and, and like in our case, there were things that were bothering us, but they didn't seem big enough to really talk about. They didn't really seem big enough to make an issue over. And then eventually, it comes to a head. And so I think if we hadn't have had the cruises and the other things to make our marriage as strong as it was, I think we would have been in some serious trouble. So I'm I'm very thankful for those and we're signed up for next year and we'd love for anybody to join us. <laughs> Man, that Florida vacation though. <laughs> yeah, stay away from Florida vacations, go on a cruise. <laughs> so
0: so this cruise that you're going on, for people who have the ability to do that and are interested in that, when is the next one?
2: Uh it's it's February tenth through the seventeenth of nineteenth and um we're leaders to set up a group to go on the cruise. And, um, but it, it's just, yeah, it's heaven on earth. And it's been really good for our marriage. And, and, you know, one of the things that we have really appreciated about the speakers on that cruise is they don't all get up there and talk about how great their marriage is. They all get up there and talk about the tough times, just like we're talking about right now. Yeah, Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the stuff that allows you to, to grow. Because if, if you're trying to compare yourself to to Michael Jordan and LeBron James in basketball all the right. time you're just going to feel defeated. Yeah. And uh well, I am maybe not you, but I would be. <laughs>
0: but uh Michael Jordan, he and I are the same age, both born the same year. Oh. Yeah. You got something in common. Uh, that's <laughs> about all we've got in common. That's it. That's as close as it gets. So, yeah, <laughs> you, you know, you can't compare yourself, right, right? With with perfection and they get up and they tell you how great their marriage is. I had a professor in college who stood in front of our class and he said to us, "In the 31 years my wife and I have been married, we have never gotten into an argument." Yikes. Oh, wow. We have always we have always submitted to the Holy Spirit. And we have never had a fight. We have never had an argument. And I thought to myself, "Well, that's really great for you, but the rest <laughs> of us Earthlings, <laughs> you know, yeah. earthlings, how do you how do you deal with that? Right? You know, and that's 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 bad. Oh, yeah. So, Karen, t- give me a lesson. Give our listeners a lesson. The the, the men and women who are listening who are married okay what's the lesson what's the takeaway from that from that Florida vacation, and then what's maybe the lesson that it wouldn't have to get to a Florida vacation for that to happen
1: well obviously it's it's being vulnerable all the time and being willing to share your heart with each other, but I think once we got to that point, which I don't think people realize they're at that point till they get there
0: mm, right
1: you know I mean if you would have asked us. Two weeks before we left for that vacation, we both would have said, things are great. You know, (laughs) it's all good. Yeah. We're down to one at home. And, you know, it's so I don't think we saw that coming. But once it came, it was really hard to just listen to his heart and listen to the things that he'd been suppressing because he knew it would hurt me.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And... And that was, that was something I really had to work through was, was not only just being able to listen but not listen with a defense, mm-hmm. but listen to, okay, Lord, now what am I supposed to do with this?
0: Yeah, that is a big, that's a big lesson right there. Defensiveness really doesn't get us very far, Mm-mm. but it sure is easy. And it's kind <laughs> of the fun thing.
1: And then to not blame. Mm. Once we came through it, because there was a lot of hurt that we both placed on each other. And if you're going to work through that, you can't just continually put the other person in that position of you were wrong for doing this or, you know, this was really hurtful to me. Because sometimes you got to hurt to to get to the healing, to get to where you need to be.
0: Yeah. You know, there's a number of couples that my wife and I know now, both in Orange City and here, that, you know, it, I think the fallacy is that as married couples, we don't go through these things, right. you know, mm-hmm. we don't go through these times of testing and, and chaos in our relationship, but you guys have, and like you said, now you've got a heart for somebody who's in that spot.
2: Right, yep, that's why we, every one of the cruises that we've been on, we've been blessed to have other couples go with us, but they've all been our close friends, and there's four couples that we traveled with, and so that's why I'm I'm really working on trying to get others to to be a part of this, because to take that time and dedicate it to spending it with your wife, you know, they give you these little exercises or projects when you're on there to sit down and and do the two of you and in our day-to-day world we just don't take the time to do those things and but you have nothing else to do there's no internet there's no phone which yeah. is really challenging for me <laughs> right right but uh, to walk away from my business for a week and be totally disconnected from it but only to be able to focus on on our relationship that's huge and that that's why I think it's important to do it because otherwise there's too many other distractions to be able to take that time and do that. Did any
0: of those other couples play into the situation that you found yourselves in? Did you share that with any of those other couples that went on the cruise with you or?
1: Um, We both went to um, close friends in the church when it happened and we were not speaking to one another. Okay. And, um, I'm very thankful for the godly counsel that they both gave us.
2: Yeah. But no, that to answer your question, they weren't ones that were on the trip no. with us. They're just we sought other couples that-
1: It wasn't a couple that we went to though. I mean it was he went to somebody and I went to somebody.
0: Yeah, right. But and, They're from Community Heights. Yes. Yeah. Do we have like a good story here? Like the church actually came through for once. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely.
2: Yeah. One. Yeah. The gentleman that I spoke with was he was really good. It was interesting because I said to him, I said uh, I, I needed to talk with him, and and we sat down, and I said I just said I, I think I want to get a divorce. And I was expecting his reaction to be, No, you don't want to what are you thinking, Troy? You know? But instead he said, Okay, tell me why. And and as I shared with him what was on my heart, he said, Does Karen know this? And I don't know. You know, I don't know if she does. I don't know if she realizes what things have been bothering me. And um when I told Karen about that, she was like he said what? <laughs> he didn't say, "Are you an idiot?" He, he she was taken back by that as well, but truly I think that's what I needed because yep. instead of the just slapping me across the face and saying, "Now get your head screwed on straight." Right. He listened, just like Karen said. He listened to what I and and that softened my heart to be able to share then those things with Karen. So do you think that there's a thing that
0: happens to couples at that 23 to 27 year mark absolutely
1: well for us it was a major life change that we and it had brought a lot of stress on us throughout the summer and you know leading up to it even though it was a wonderful beautiful amazing wedding plans yeah it it was stressful we had both girls living at home so it wasn't like i was planning those weddings with girls that didn't live with me right you know we were a hormonal mess. (laughs) (laughs) So, but
2: I, back to your question, I think that's true. And you know, um, we, and that's one of the things we kind of prided ourselves on. You know, we see all these other couples that just, they spend so much time on their kids and they really never do anything. The two of them. And we're like, we're so far ahead of that because we've always dated. We've always kept that relationship strong. So we're golden. And then, that hits and and you say, hmm, okay, maybe we are more vulnerable than we really thought we were. And so it's in every marriage, and if you don't keep that truth in your communication there, it can slip.
1: I read a book by Paul David Tripp, Midlife in the Grace of God. And it is just going through midlife crisis in a, in a way because you're looking back at where you've come from and realizing things maybe didn't turn out the way we thought they would. So then it's this reevaluation of hmm <laughs> my dreams aren't what i thought they were. Where am i going from here? You know. So i do think 40 to 50, 40 to 60 can be a time that anybody hits that. Things happen in life, maybe it's um a death, maybe it's an illness, maybe it's Um, Just something that rocks your world. You lose your job or something, and you're just forced to really think about, where am I going? Because we don't ask ourselves that on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, and especially that first half of marriage, when you're busy raising your kids. Life really is different then. And Mm. there was a couple that I worked with at one point in my ministry, and uh, the guy came to me with basically the same thing. I'm leaving my wife only I wasn't quite as intelligent as the guy that you went to. And I'm like, what are you doing? How in the world can you be thinking like this? Well, he'd been married for 23 years and four children and a very successful career. But he, what he did is he looked back and he said, do I want to repeat the last 23 years for the next 23 years? Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't care what humiliation I have to go through. I don't care what kind of hypocritical accusations I put myself up to here. I was, you know, a leader in my church. I I I can't I can't live with this person for another twenty-three years. Mm. And they just separated and eventually mm. divorced. But it's that it, it's when the kids were older, they weren't little anymore and mm-hmm. needing to be so minutely cared for. And now that the kids are kind of like okay, now we're going to do what we want to do. So I, th- I think you guys make a great point that anyone who's approaching that 25 years of marriage mark, they-, they have to be ready for a reevaluation, kind of a resync of the relationship. And some people, they just go right through that and they don't have a problem. Right. But then probably for most of us, there's a little bit of a change and for us moving to newton was a pretty big am sure midlife change you know and our kids are are grown and starting to have grandkids and all of a sudden we're not the the 20-something couple that it seems like we were just a few years ago so when i asked you the question what struggle have you had in the last oh 20 something years i wasn't expecting that one
2: No, i'm sure you weren't not so, very many people
0: have heard that story so <laughs> that's interesting so, so troy and karen look like you know oh they're the successful couple around the church they don't have any problems boy we wish we had their life not so much huh i no. mean you got things just like anybody else
2: right life's real we
1: are sinful creatures yeah
2: and uh, you know i'm thankful that god brought us through that but it's not over i mean you still you still have to work at it i mean we're not we're, we're still addressing
1: we're, those very issues we're
2: in a good position but we're we're working through it together and and uh I don't see anybody else I'd rather be with the rest of my life. I know that. Oh so. shucks, Karen! You should have seen those
0: googly eyes looking at her. <laughs> well, the truth is, if we hold ourselves up as—I mean, for my for Debbie and I—you know—we have been through plenty of struggles. And truth is, I may seem real happy and everything at church. To be honest, for Debbie, I don't think I'm the easiest person to live with. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. For the most part, we have the same kind of an easygoing uh-huh. personality, so that's really helpful mm-hmm. for us. I don't know. If we had different personalities, we might not be able to to last mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. Uh, but because we do, it just automatically makes it so much easier. But I don't have the perfect marriage. You guys don't have the perfect marriage. The perfect marriage really doesn't exist right. until the marriage supper of the Lamb, Right, and Jesus <laughs> is married to his bride and he creates the perfect marriage. So tell me something about Community Heights that has been meaningful to you over the last, I don't know, 10 or 15 years since you've been here.
1: Something that stands out to me is the revival that we had a oh, few years yeah. back, Life Action. Mm-hmm. That was that was really good when they started preparing us for that. They're like, you're going to come to church every night of the week and we're going to have all this planned. And we're for like, like
0: two weeks. Was it? Yeah. Was it two it weeks? Yeah, it was two, yeah, weeks. It yeah. was two, two weeks. weeks.
1: And they kept asking us to commit and that I just know with Troy's busy schedule with work, that was just nothing that he was going to do. So I was like, can we just go to the first one and do Wednesday nights? We'll just commit to that. And I think they came on a Sunday morning and then we went to the Sunday night and we went every single night after that.
0: And then you knew it was a cult. <laughs> Community Heights the cult <laughs> the, the, the cult church. Yeah. I would it say was that awesome. was
1: a huge growing time for us. Yeah. That was really really good because it just stripped away all the layers. I mean, they were there mm. to do business and deal with things. Yeah. And you're just submerged in it for mm-hmm. those 2 weeks and
2: we still are in co- contact with the fields. Yeah. And they're great people. And, and that's something you can't do fifty two weeks a year, but
1: right. you
0: can do it for two weeks, and right. it really yields it's like anything you do for a short period of time, but a sustained period of time that's right. beneficial.
2: Yeah, that was a that was a real a turning point in our, our whole family as well, that that period. We we spent a lot of time talking about different things that came up during that that revival meeting. My sister's church up in Marshalltown does that frequently, and uh, and um, I've always thought that be interesting to be a part of it. But I didn't think it was something I'd want to be a part of. But after the one here, it was it was great, and I think it was healthy for the whole church.
1: I even thought that I felt closer to everybody at church because I was seeing them every day. We were yeah. talking, we were socializing at night. You know, it just it kind of drew us all closer together.
2: One of the things we did during that. Time and I don't know if anybody really knows that we don't like to advertise things that we do, <laughs> but you talk about we brought in an ice cream machine, and I've so, heard about this. So one <laughs> night after church, everybody was able to get together, and we provided ice cream for everybody. And to me, part of what I miss is the fellowship time. So. You know, we in the busyness of life come to church and a lot of times kids get dropped off at Sunday school. We may or may not go to a Sunday school class. Um, they come to church, walk in. We're, we're walking in as the music's being sung. And then, uh, we've got plans right after church. So we leave. And so the fellowship time with people at church gets missed sometimes. I felt during that revival meetings that people were a little bit more laid back and had some time. So we just, we had the, Ability to get a hold of an ice cream machine, so we brought that in, and we had Sundays after church one night, <laughs> and it was a great time, and I mean, I think everybody stayed for it. It was just a blast, so. So I'm hearing that
0: we have to be intentional about relationships right. in our day and age right? in the church. What you were saying, Karen, reminded me of Acts chapter 2, right? They continued meeting daily in the temple mm-hmm. courts and breaking bread from house to house, They were spending that time together. They also didn't have cars where they drove thirty miles in one day, right? Or flew, you know, thousands of miles in one day. They were together more, and the busyness of our culture works against Mm -hmm. strong relationships. You know, that's one of those things that we have to look at our culture and say, how is it working against biblical truth? and you know spiritual truth which means we're connected as the body of Christ and when we're literally disconnected we don't have the relationship we're the less for it mm-hmm. you know we're weaker for that
2: right another thing that we've been doing I the last 8 years I put together a little motorcycle ride and so there's there's several guys from this church but it's grown to there's some guys from Linville church that go and then there's some guys from down in Illinois that join us and we just get together for a weekend and, and I plan a route and you know we it's just a guy's thing and then John Dunwell's been coming along with us the last four years so then one night during the trip then we'll sit and have a devotional mm-hmm. and and you know Jeff Panknin did it one year and then others have done it and then the last four years John's been the one that's been doing it for us and and it's just a great time of fellowship and with other believers that have a common interest in motorcycles, and and we've had some pretty tearful evenings just amongst us guys sharing with struggles that we've had and, and challenges that we've had, and we've encouraged each other, and, and I, we're on an email list, and I've seen guys that'll have something come up, and they'll shoot an email to me and say, hey... I'm, I'm struggling with this. Yeah. And then I pass it out to the group yep. with their permission, of course. And, and all of a sudden, it's just bang, 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 all these emails coming in of support from these guys that only see each other once a year. Right. right. But they, you know, hey, I'm praying for you, and let me know what I can do or whatever, you know. And it's just that's the, that's the body of Christ at work, and that's been a real joy to be a part of. Once a year, but they,
0: they day and night together, Mm-hmm. For
2: those several days,
0: right, once a year, yeah, that makes a big difference. How many Sunday services would you have to go to, <laughs> right? right? And you never have those experiences of rolling up to a place to eat and just going in and enjoying the the fellowship, right? So, what I'm hearing from you guys is how important time together is in our church, right? And when we spend that time together, it can, it can be life changing. Mm-hmm. We know that from missions trips. When you're right. with somebody for day after day. I mean, you and I slept in the same room together, Troy, for yeah. for six nights, I think it was, or if not more, and we even slept. <laughs> I, I think, was going
1: to say, with his snoring? <laughs> well, that's that's he impressive. Was,
0: he had earplugs, so I he was, <laughs> was able to get by. I was by. snoring probably at least as loud as <laughs> <laughs> Troy. But, but so when I came to Community Heights, you and I already had, right, I mean, we're not best buddies or anything like that right. but when you lay down and sleep in the
2: same room with somebody
0: there's right. just something that is connecting to about and, that and
2: your wife served us food so i like her better of course <laughs> but uh, and when they they came to me and they said hey you know this guy you were on a missions trip i, I said who oh yeah go ahead and let him come his wife is awesome <laughs> <laughs> there we go there you go. <laughs> So you guys this is what
0: I like about this podcast is that we get to sit and have this intentional conversation for 30 or more minutes. Right. And everyone in the church gets to sit with us and listen in. Yeah. Right? And if they're putting their earbuds in while they're doing stuff, I mean we're we're right in their ears. And yeah. They're getting to hear your story and hear what has gone on in your lives, now they are gonna be connected to you, and as people walk up to you in church, you're not gonna know which ones have listened and which ones haven't. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you're like, huh? why are they looking at me like yeah. <laughs> that? <laughs> but, but that's what I hope this podcast does over the course of years, is that mm. people hear each other's story, and they get hope. Mm. They get hope, yeah. because I guarantee you, there's a guy and there's a woman that are listening, they might not be married to each other, but they're listening and they're saying, "Man, that's me. That's my marriage." Yeah. That's my marriage. Hmm. And just by listening, they're saying there's hope for me. Right. There's hope hmm. that that God can help me through this.
1: And I would just say that if people came up to us and and asked us about it, we're more than happy to go deeper with them about what we had as struggles and stuff. But um Yeah, it's just not something we want to (laughs) totally share with everybody right right now. But we're very open to um, walking through that with somebody.
2: And love to encourage them and help them any way we can to get the support and help that they need to, to keep the marriage together. Because let's face it, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the news right now about the school shooting and things like that. But, you know, the home is where... You prevent this stuff, and you look at the hmm. the young lad that that committed that those yeah. murders. He didn't have a home, right? He didn't have parents, and and if we're gonna change things in our culture and in our country, we we have to have strong marriages, and so it's important to us. And we, you know, we're we've got two new marriages in our family, right? And right, uh, yeah. so we're. We're wanting to be good examples for them. Um, my parents have been married 60 years, and um, we had uh, a couple summers ago, we had an opportunity to celebrate that. In conjunction with that, my dad has two brothers and a sister. They're all still married to their original spouses hmm. 58 years, 60, 62, and wow. 66 years. And so we celebrated all the. The weddings or all the marriages at, at that anniversary party. Then we started calculating the years, you know, that were there was two hundred and some years of marriage <laughs> just in them. And then you go to the next generation, there was four hundred or six hundred years. I don't remember wow. the numbers anymore, but it all stems from them being faithful yeah. and strong in their marriage, and it's trickling down. And you mm. see that there's very there's only three that have ever divorced in the next generation. And so, you know, that that's a legacy that that is important to keep. And, and our society is, is just thinking it's nonchalant. It's, you know, it's they're not marriages. They're rentals anymore, it seems like. yeah, so.
0: Very good. Well, do you have any parting shots for Community Heights people who are listening? Anything that you would want to share with them? And that, oftentimes, I'll ask this question. If Community Heights could be anything in five years from now, And you could just write it down on a piece of paper, and it would be so. What would you want? What would you want to be true about Community Heights five years from today?
2: Well, you know, and I look at it a little differently, I suppose, than some. You know, to me, the church is community, and and I think it's important that you know the Sunday school classes or the music ministry or or the Awanas program and all of that. Those are all things to bring people together. But the time, like we've been talking about, that you spend one-on-one or as couples or as families bonding together, that's what really, to me, builds the church. And that's where, if you're coming to church and you're seeing your friends, that's what, is going to build the strength of the church. And then once you're at that point, now you can share together and you can grow in Christ together. But it's easier to grow in Christ together if there's a relationship there than if it's just people that you're sitting next to in the pew. And um, that's what I hope to see in the future with our church is even more building of those relationships. I think we've got a good foundation here. Don't get me wrong, but I think that's something that we need can continue to build on how about you karen what do you want to see
0: five years from now
1: i agree with troy i think that we have to first be equipped with brothers and sisters in christ to love and encourage us because our mission fields are our daily lives there are children they're the people we come in contact with at work or at school or whatever i mean i think the concentrated missions projects are awesome and great but I think that sometimes we lose sight of our our mission field right in our own lives. And some of that's because we start hurting ourselves and we don't have that support that we need hmm. to reach out to others sometimes.
0: So in five years, you want Community Heights to be a group of people that are more focused on mission in their Daily, day to day life and mm-hmm. not just out on a missions trip.
1: Don't get me wrong. No, I right, think, right. They're I think fine. those are great. Right. But I do feel like that's where you impact people is in the, the day-to-day, you know?
0: Yeah. Missions mindedness in yeah. in the everyday right. relationships. That's good. I like that. Well, that's how we're gonna love our community, right? That's right. how we're gonna reach out. Troy and Karen Knight. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah, you thank are, you. You are now Jack Insiders. Oh, <laughs>
2: I feel all warm and fuzzy. <laughs>